You know, I love to rock. I love to rock hard. I love hard rocking. I like to rock. Oh yeah, I have something I want to open with also. I have the uh, Des Moines register letters to the editor as well. Ooh. <laughs> uh, okay, well I got this text message. Let's open with this text message. Uh, this is from two two four five nine nine four one one five. If anyone wants to reach out to them, uh, the text message says, "It's Nancy Pelosi. I need you to understand what just happened. Kevin McCarthy flipped the house with a razor." With a razor-thin majority. I fucked it up. He just personally headlined a massive fundraiser to ensure Democrats never take it back. I'm learning he raised a staggering $12 million in one single night. I have no choice but to take drastic action to fix this. I need 1,191 Democrats to confirm their Team Pelosi membership in the next few hours before midnight to help Democrats have an unprecedented fundraising hall of our own, outraise Republicans, and squash their hopes of holding on to our house. Can I count on you to confirm your membership with $15 before midnight? Thank you, Nancy. Welcome to Rock Hard Caucus. <laughs> 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 who's nancy pelosi is she like an actress or something oh there is a picture of her um here mm. i can show you over zoom it, it won't translate to the listening audience but uh <laughs> she looks like that that's her oh name. i i know who nancy pelosi is i was kidding <laughs> oh hmm. <laughs> well yeah i got uh that same well i get a hundred different emails of the same ilk but I unfortunately can't chip in because we have a different membership number. Um, mm. So this one, I'm uh, I don't know. Actually, I'm not supposed to say my official Democratic Party ID. That's like a very real thing <laughs> that they always put in these emails. Um, but yeah, I don't think it works that way. So um, I'll chip in you fifteen dollars on my own. You could be Docs if you share your official Democratic ID number. Uh, that voice you heard a moment ago was our friend Oliver Wyline, who's joining us tonight. Howdy. Welcome to the podcast, Oliver. Good to be on. Um, I was just about to say, I in like 2015 or some shit, a couple of us uh, went, it was in Cedar Rapids, Donald Trump was having one of his early, he was having one of his early, you know, primary um, rallies and everything here in Iowa. And we like went and disrupted it or whatever and got like, you know roughhoused by all these fucking blithering idiots and thrown out by cops. But like, uh, ever since I had to sign up for that event, like for years, I've been getting emails from Trump, you know, and it's always like, listen up, you stupid fucking idiot. Like, why haven't you donated? <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. The guilt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were a patriot. I don't think I ever unsubscribed, but I just haven't been getting those anymore. Because Natalie and I went to his uh, Des Moines rally in uh, 2021. And for mm. a while, I was getting like dozens of emails a day from that. But it's been a while since I've seen one. They must have found you out somehow. Yeah, I've been purged from the Donald Trump yeah. email list. You're Ron DeSantis, double agent. <laughs> <laughs> they removed uh, you. I wanted to uh, apologize to Oliver to, to start off. Um, I remember this had to have been like 
probably two years ago, Oliver and I were standing outside of the uh, Emma Goldman Clinic in Iowa City, and Oliver said to me, so when are you going to have me on your podcast? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. We'll do that sometime. And then I just never <laughs> asked him to do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, it took two years. <laughs> no, nah, it's cool, bro. It's fun. <laughs> and uh, regular listeners may remember Oliver from his uh, multiple voicemails uh, giving us play-by-plays of uh, football games that he was watching. Yeah, I just always happened to be watching football like when I had the desire to call, you know. And mm-hmm. yeah, I didn't know what else to say, so I just talked about football. <laughs> I, if I recall, you're also um, rocking out to Shinedown. Um, uh, it was Crossfade. Shinedown. That's right, Crossfade. Oh, god damn it! <laughs> it was it was cold by Crossfade. Oh, yeah. you're so right. Yeah, um, and yeah, uh, we've been in a we've been in a big butt rock kick over here lately. In this household, in this household, we listen to butt rock. <laughs> yeah, your partner, Juliet, is a, a butt rock scholar, I believe. A reputable one at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have, a, a, aside from Crossfade, do you have any uh, favorite butt rock bands? Bands? Um, I think one of, like, the, you know, the main pillars of butt rock has got to be Puddle of Mud. Mm-hmm. You know? You got so many bangers from Puddle of Mud. She some fucking deep hates cuts. me. Yeah, she fucking hates me. That song <laughs> rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got uh, more like deep cuts that we like, like um, Fuel, the band Fuel. So good. So funny. Mm. Um, what was their song? Yeah. They had like one hit. Uh, it, they had one hit and it was like, Love lives bleeding yeah. in my hand. Yeah, in my yes. hand. I, yeah. I played that song with a cover band once. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we do have some uh, some sports news if you want to bring that up, Evan. While we've got Oliver, like, usually the, I don't know anything about sports, so, you know, well, every, every sports take is met with silence. Well, I know well, the bare minimum, so bear with me. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not uh, too invested in Hawkeye athletics these days, but uh, just coming down the pipeline, the uh, board of, who the fuck knows, there is a lawsuit that the uh, Iowa football program was discriminating against black players um, that was just settled. It was like 4.2 million, and like half of that is going to come out of the state's coffers instead of the school's coffers. We're paying for it. We're paying for it, and we got our <laughs> watchdog in office, Rob Sand, out here uh, doing stuff that I actually agree with <laughs> for once, uh, and basically came out and said that uh, if they're going to do this, then they need to fire uh, Gary Barta, who's the athletic director for the University of Iowa, who has been like, there is a bunch of lawsuits. There was one um with it was the volleyball coach i believe um yeah this shows how well i'm like up on this stuff. I, I vaguely recall something about that but yeah I, yeah i can't really help you there anyway they it was another like uh gender sexual orientation discrimination lawsuit um that they paid out and now they're again paying out a bunch more and yeah rob sand is out here trying to protect our taxpayer money and of course that's the only way he can frame it but um <laughs> he's uh yeah 
calling for Gary Barta to resign, but of course he got voted down on whatever board uh, voter to approve this settlement. Uh, voter down two to one. So, and then Kirk Ferentz also released a statement saying that like he that wishes great, it yeah. went it went to court. Um, which is like, in my opinion, definitely him having his cake and eating it too. Because if it went to court, then all of this embarrassing stuff is like 100% going to come out. And like his chances of actually getting fired are like way higher if it went to court. Because there's going to be a discovery process. There's going to be interviews with all these players and coaches. And it's definitely going to dig up a bunch of dirt. So, but now he can say, oh yeah, like if we would have went to court, then we wouldn't have had to sell it at all because it's totally baseless or whatever, which is like <laughs> awfully convenient. Damn, that's crazy. I mean, imagining Kirk Ferentz get, getting fired, I, I feel like pulling a Trump or whatever, like I feel like he could go out, you know, here on, like in the Ped Mall in Iowa City and shoot somebody and everybody would still be <laughs> like, no, he's like, he's totally fine. Like, but yeah, yeah it's he, yeah he's untouchable it seems he yes. does seem untouchable even with like you know his performance i don't know it's just kind of like uh he's just kind of like a folk hero around these parts or something um but i don't know it's i if there's one like if there's one place in iowa city if there's one organization in iowa city that doesn't have money i think that it's the iowa hawkeyes football team so i i you know like i i i get what you're saying but you know, they're really trying to make ends meet over there. And I don't think that they can fork <laughs> over this money. You know, that's yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, we got to pay our fair share of the settlement because it was our fault, too. Yeah. I mean, and this is a slippery slope. If you're asking them to pay for being racist, then you might ask, start having to ask them to, you know, pay their players, you know, that type <laughs> of shit. Like, not have literal slaves that you just destroy their bodies and you get all this money from, you know, slippery slope, guys. Yeah, I'm sure Kirk Ferentz really retaliated against his neighbors uh, the day that that NCAA, um, they changed the rules about players being able to make money off of their own merchandise. I'm sure Kirk Ferentz's neighbors had had hell to pay that day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, the the biggest uh, highlight from that is Rob Sand is cool now, and uh, we have to formally apologize for everything. Uh, like all the making fun of him we've done uh full yes. pardon for rob sand for calling for <laughs> yes uh gary barda's removal he's on we our side now everyone we agree with him now and uh yeah so hopefully he'll be able to put all the other stuff in the past and um not retaliate against us it's for any things that we might have said our in invitation to come on the show rob we are the same now you and i we agree <laughs> on everything <laughs> all right well yeah we should talk about the the real news now not the sports news mm. that stuff's fake the real stuff that's been going on recently uh last week was uh what they call funnel week in the iowa legislature have were you familiar with the concept of the funnel week prior to this evan uh yeah i it's kind of s- silly but yeah they try to just Get that shit funneled through. <laughs> yeah, this is like a beer. Is this like a beer bong yeah, thing? Like, yeah, no, like, <laughs> they, went, they went to the University of Iowa um, and observed students uh, using certain implements to consume beer. And they I got was the imagining idea that there. it was uh, a hazing of new uh, representatives. Mm-hmm. 
you know, <laughs> like they had, they have to go through funnel week in order to be reps, you know, in the state <laughs> legislature. Yeah. Um, I would not be surprised <laughs> at all. Uh, I guess what, what, what it is, is that there's like these deadlines that bills have to make it through committees in order to actually be considered by the, the full legislative body. And uh, the week of that deadline is what they call funnel week. And uh, they really put the fun in funnel week this year, right? Is that a good joke? Yeah. <laughs> I'm having lots of fun. <laughs> uh, they went uh, like as hard as possible trying to pass a bunch of anti-LGBT, etc. laws, especially the T. They have gone very hard against uh, trans Iowans in the past week and uh it's uh shitty i don't know what else to say about it like it's awful it's hard to know what to say about it you know it like it it it's and it's not just iowa it's like iowa mm -hmm. oklahoma you know wyoming i believe tennessee especially you know just like all it's i i literally like i've been trying to think about this for you know for days and i just can't pin down like when like this like it was like within the last year like this like shift of just this you know all of a sudden oh actually we are mask offing it and we fucking hate gay people and trans people and we lump them together and we think that none of them deserve you know decency in our society and we're gonna go full full throttle with that you know and it's it's insane. I don't know when or why the switch was made, um, but yeah, definitely. Yeah, it definitely seemed like um, a truce had happened, like around like I don't know, twenty fifteen or sixteen, and everyone just kind of laid off. I mean, there were all, all always like hardcore Christian conservative people who never gave up that fight, but uh, in terms of like mainstream politics, it seemed like that was kind of like out of bounds for a few years like we'll pretty much just leave those people alone even if we're not like really respectful of of who they are and what they how they live their lives we're not gonna like outlaw their existence and now they're yeah. like fuck it we're outlawing their existence obama years uh lulled a lot of people into really complacency which definitely not counting myself out of that but yeah i mean that's like a combination of like the religious shit, I think, and then also just the uh, idea of I, I don't know. This is like getting into like weird Marxism shit, but like the idea that like a nuclear family is important for the continuation of capitalism as we know it, mm. and basically any contrary gender identity or anything like that is gonna run against the interests of capitalism on some level. Um, just because like women, of course, can work now. There's like there's a demand for women in the workplace, but also demands for women to reproduce and and also like instill values into their kids to make them into good workers in the future, sort of thing. Which is like very, like I said, high level way to look at it. But I think that there yeah. is part of that. Like it's just the idea that. Um, the idea of the nuclear family sort of replicates capitalism shit anyway. Yeah. And it's got to <laughs> yeah. perpetuate itself. Yeah, definitely. And I also think, you know, it's like whether conscious or not, I think people or whether coordinated or not, I think people, you know, 
the capitalist class know like they're just like oh yeah you know fight amongst yourself stupid little monkeys when you know instead of actually work together to you know fight for your rights in the workplace and that type of thing you know actually what's making your life suck is trans people you know that's why you can't make the bills you know <laughs> because they're spending all their money on pronouns you know like it's it, it's a uh, I don't know. It, it, it seems so obvious looking into it. It's insane that people, you know, they put so much time and energy into just a, such a small minority of people that are already so marginalized. And they think that if we just marginalize them more, then my life will suck less. You know, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Yeah. I guess what I said about the economic part of it is it's part of it, but also it's just this weird, like psychosexual shit among um, leaders and also, you know, regular people who um, it just, they find it very threatening to the idea of like society being able to continue as it has. And it like freaks them the fuck out. And then they like, just go overboard in, in response to it. Yeah. I think also like in my experience, people who uh, question the, the gender binary or, or have just thought about this at all tend to be more open-minded about everything and more questioning the narrative in terms of like our entire economic system and society. So the, they, they become like target number one. Because these are the dangerous radicals. Like, these are the people who really, really are undermining our way of life. Which is why trans people are, like, the coolest people. In general. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it just seems like there's some sort of, like, cultural, like, critical mass point where this is, like, I don't know. Who knows? But, yeah, I think it's definitely interesting the way all of this legislation is coming through at the same time i think i don't know if there's like like alec i don't know if you guys are familiar with that organization but they're like the american legislative i can't remember the full acronym but basically <laughs> they write legislation like boilerplate legislation that other states can adopt um and and push through so it's basically just like a corporate think tank for introducing legislation that's like obviously like super fucking conservative mm -hmm. uh, far-right stuff. I remember there stuff. being a, a very informative segment on uh, John Oliver's last week tonight about <laughs> yeah. Alec. <laughs> well, I know for sure Alec is definitely behind the school choice shit. Like, oh, yeah. that's definitely another coordinated effort, but considering the fact that, like, yeah, like Oliver said, that there's all these other states doing similar stuff, um, I wouldn't be surprised if there there's some uh, think tanks going on behind the scenes. Yeah. It's, what does Alec stand for? Oh, shit, now we gotta look. Alright. Sure. Is it <laughs> the right. American League of Evil Karens? Uh, it's Alec it's Baldwin's like that, first true. name. Um, he's <laughs> actually... Uh, it's basically just his, his character from 30 Rock basically wrote all this legislation. Uh, American Legislative Exchange Council. So it's like uh, they can exchange ideas in the free market by just writing the same bill and then passing it through like every state's legislature. It's really freedom, freedom promoting sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. That's why it's so important that all the states have different governments and are all autonomous so that they can just copy and paste all the same laws and end up being just 50 copies of the same thing anyway. Yeah. We don't need no federal government. That's why. America, 
fucking rock. <laughs> We're just going to make sure all the states are the same. <laughs> this all makes sense. <laughs> uh, so I pulled up, um, there's a Des Moines Register article about uh, Funnel Week, and they highlighted like a lot of the, the most important bills that made it through the funnel and a few that didn't. Uh, and since we're talking mostly about the uh, LGBTQ uh, topic, I, I pulled up the ones that they highlighted there. Uh, but there's also uh, Keenan Crow of uh, One Iowa also has a very good page um, keeping track of like the status of all of these introduced bills in the Iowa legislature. If you go to oneiowaaction.org and you look at the anti-LGBTQ bills tab, you can find like a full list of everything they've introduced and whether it has been killed or not yet. But uh, here are the the handful that were highlighted in the Des Moines Register. So these are the ones that are still in play. They made it through the funnels. They were approved by committees. They can be debated in the legislature going forward. Uh, First up, House Study Bill 214 and its counterpart counterpart Senate Study Bill uh, 1197, which would ban gender-affirming care for minors. And uh, the write-up here in the register says, Days before the funnel deadline, lawmakers in both chambers introduced a bill to prohibit Iowa doctors from providing transgender kids with puberty blockers, hormone therapy, or transition-related surgery on breasts or genitals. An amendment Thursday would allow doctors to refer patients to other states for care and would say that complying with the bill uh, would not violate the Iowa Civil Rights Act. Um, so this was uh, <laughs> this was put together by the uh, Iowa Senate Health and Human Services Committee, which is chaired by Senator Jeff Edler. And in the House, it was uh, written up by the House Judiciary Committee, which is chaired by Representative Steve Holt. That that guy <laughs> from Arrested Development. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's it's just a bunch of fucking evil shit, you know? And like you, <laughs> you look at these people, like I looked through every one of these legislators and it, 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 who were, who were putting up these bills who were mm-hmm. signing on to them. And it was like the same handful of them, I think for each of them. Um, and not that it really matters, but I always think when it comes to this type of shit, like who is just kind of doing the grift they got their finger on the pulse and knows that this is a hot button issue that they can get votes with versus the people who are actually just insane bigots. You know, I ultimately it doesn't matter, but right. it's just, you look at these people and you're like, damn, do all of you really fucking think this? Or are you just pandering to, you know, the current culture war? Even then it's yeah. like, yeah, maybe this is going to gain them votes in the short term, but like you just came off of like the worst midterm election showing of any like opposition party in like a, like a century. So it's like nationally, yeah, yes. Nationally, yes. Of course, I was going to say that as well. But like, <laughs> this stuff is not popular. Uh, even I would say even in Iowa, but of course, not a yeah. lot of people are necessarily voting, and not a lot of people have a lot of great options to vote for in the the first place. So mm-hmm. um, it's hard to say what the actual the reason why that would be. But yeah, this stuff is like it's not going to be fucking popular. It's like. Who knows what happens from here, but there's a lot of downsides, potential downsides to this, even from like a purely electoral like lens. Even just, you know, um, 
he- hearing um, how just these bills even being talked about, even being presented, affects specifically trans kids all over the fucking country. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. like, there's a state representative in Montana, I can't remember her name, but she's, you know, in this very conservative state, and she's a trans representative. And a 14 year old trans girl told her that these anti trans bills were making her considering, consider, you know, taking her own life, hurting herself. And it's just, it, it, the damage is done. Part, you yeah. know, it, it, the damage is done by just introducing these bills. It's just utterly cruel. It's, and it's, you know, completely against the science. It's all just either virtue signaling or evil religious extremism and, it's just you know i don't understand how these people can sleep at night can live with themselves but you know these people you look at pictures of them and it's just like there's nothing behind those fucking dead eyes you know (laughs) um especially that salmon salmon sandy salmon sandy salmon yeah like that person is a fucking robot if i've ever seen one (laughs) she's one of the worst and she like she's like so far that her bills for the most part didn't go anywhere if you look at the the one action the one iowa action website uh it lists like who introduced each of the bills and like if you just control f salmon you'll see that uh a lot of those salmon did not make it to the spawning grounds how's that (laughs) That's yeah. that's pretty good. You got yeah. me. You got me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember one of the one of the ones that she introduced that you know was dead on arrival was the one to let me see if I can find it. Um, prevents basically all data collection for statistical purposes within schools, including data on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. It's just like we're not even gonna like acknowledge that these people exist. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> it it's insane. Um, I think I saw another one that was like. It was absolutely fucking insane. And I think this one was Shipley, Jeff Shipley from Fairfield, our favorite. Um, He's who I was thinking of when I said about the hazing. Like, I can't imagine what kind of hazing rituals that guy is going to come up with. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's who I thought of when you were talking about the people who are just grifters. (laughs) I think he is, 100%. I think he is a grifter. But he introduced the legislation that says says that you can't have a gender identity until you're 18 and on the same bill and then states that cisgender people will win any civil Mm -hmm. rights dispute between a cisgender or and transgender person like it doesn't make any fucking sense like i haven't read these bills outright but it's (laughs) yeah i didn't read the details of that one really either but he has a history of just like putting out the most um attention grabbing stuff like mm-hmm. intentionally flaming people and trying to make them upset. Um, and then cries about it when people like attack him for it. Yeah. He sucks. <laughs> uh I I've I've heard some very funny gossip about that guy from people I know in Fairfield. So I'm gonna put mm-hmm. a big legal stipulation of <laughs> allegedly uh, like giant bold letters allegedly for, you know, the the feds listening to this or whatever. Yeah. Um that this dude is constantly, constantly in Fairfield girls' DMs being fucking weird. And he does this shit where uh, he likes to give girls money. Um, to Like, just be like, hey, hey, like, here's some money. Like, 
you want to hang out? And they're like, uh, maybe, you know, and, and I talked, I talked to this one person who says that her friend, like, this is, this is, you know, <laughs> a couple stages, you know, uh, was like, uh, yeah, sure. Let's hang out, you know? And so, and she would continuously hang out with this Jeff Shipley guy. And one time she was like, you know, I'm sick of getting money. I just want, it's like, I'm bored with this. Like, well, meet me here. And it was like a roller skate, sh- roller skating shop. And she was just like, will you buy me a pair of roller skates? <laughs> and he was like, uh, yeah, how much are they? And they were like fucking like $300 roller yeah, skates, you know, ones. like re- <laughs> the good ones. Um, And then he was like, yeah, here, here's the money for one. And she was like, um, actually, you need to get some, too, because we're supposed to skate together. And so he was like, uh, OK, and then like bought like. worth of roller skates (laughs) for this girl. And then they just like never rode them together. But um, that's a pattern that I've heard about Jeff Shipley, allegedly. Uh, And, you know, just anyways. (laughs) (laughs) I am totally open to hearing more uh, Jeff Shipley gossip. If any of our uh, Mm -hmm. Fairfield listeners have more to say about that. Uh, I know he has a history of being like a stand-up comedian. So there's probably a lot of fun stuff there like if you've ever seen podcast also yeah he has done that kind of thing yeah if you've got any stories about uh, our friend jeff shitley send them our way Mm -hmm. love love hearing about that guy um not to go out on a tangent about this dumbass when we're talking about the trans (laughs) legislation but um i just couldn't help myself (laughs) no it's it's good it's relevant (laughs) because he's he has been uh one of the people like really putting himself out there on this subject and like claiming claiming that denying people their their gender identity is actually helping them because they're mentally ill and we need to give them tough love and <laughs> tell them god's truth that they are whatever biological you know whatever that they were assigned at birth he sucks i can't say it enough mm-hmm. agreed all these people fucking suck you know, and the Democrats, you know, fuck them for being so incompetent and letting this happen. Yes. <laughs> like just the ultimate losers, like the biggest losers I've ever known in my whole fucking life are the, is the Iowa Democratic Party. And I just can't help but feel rage at them to from refusing to try to do anything different to not completely shit the bed during the midterms and just giving these Republicans free reign to just absolutely go ape shit over like these over lgbtq and trans it, like specifically trans people it's it's fucking insane yeah. um so yeah i'm just i just i just don't want to leave it unsaid fuck the iowa democrats too they're not you know their hands aren't clean in this yeah yeah uh well let's let's name some more of the republicans though uh for example this next this next bill that uh, is still in play Uh, This was drawn up by the House and Senate Education Committees, which are chaired by Representative Schuyler Wheeler and Senator Ken Rosenboom, uh, respectively. Uh, And these are bills that would prohibit teaching about gender identity at certain grade levels. Uh, It's House File 348, Senate File 496. Uh, Senate File 496 is like an overarching, like big uh, education reform bill that uh, Governor Reynolds has been pushing. But specifically, uh, what they're pointing at here is uh, a stipulation that it would be illegal for uh, teachers to talk about sexual orientation and gender identity 
to any students in kindergarten through sixth grade. So sixth graders cannot know that uh, homosexuality exists. Or heterosexuality. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <True. laughs> I think they're going to find out. <laughs> like, it's just like, what the fuck is like, this shit's just so fucking stupid. What was uh, sex education like for, for you guys at like in elementary school? Um, they gave us deodorant. <laughs> um, a girl put a tampon in my backpack and said, these are for girls only. <laughs> um, that's Burn. one of my, that's she one of my you. biggest memories. <laughs> I remember, you know, slideshows on the overhead projector of like diagrams of like penises and, you know, like diagrams of, you know, like this is the labia and mm-hmm. here's the vagina and the urethra, you know, that type of shit. Um, just basic physiology and a lot of, a lot of talk about STIs for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Talked about condoms for sure. Um, sex is to be feared. If you fear it, then yeah. you'll respect it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still scared of sex. I I, I don't oh, know yeah. about y'all. Did you That's, see I think the, weird. Uh, so like, I guess at that age, like kindergarten to sixth grade it would have just been like puberty talk but yeah later on um i did get the slideshow of the different venereal diseases um to try to like <laughs> oh scare yeah you. i remember that day yeah um i don't know if they do that anymore um i don't know how effective that really is but they they definitely discourage the idea of obviously like kids having sex or like and also we had the um did you have like the fake baby that you had to bring home like the like uh yeah i did that in seventh grade i think yeah i had the bag of sugar you had to take care of oh man old school we got (laughs) yeah robot babies robot babies yep (laughs) yeah damn (laughs) and then uh according to our friend chuck they would give like they had like different programs so they could like make the baby like cry more and they would like give the baby that cries more to the kids that were like more likely to be in trouble sort of thing, which is like <laughs> fucked up. So Chuck had like a baby that was screaming all the time. Yeah. Um, they gave him the bad one. Cause he's a bad kid, but they were, yeah. I mean, he, he was most at risk of uh, knocking up another child. So they had to yeah. warn him. <laughs> yeah. They had to annoy him out of having sex. <laughs> yeah. It worked really. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I remember, you know, we just watched, you know, they rolled in the, the TVs and put in VHS tapes of like, or DVDs or whatever of fucking educational shit about puberty and sex and stuff like that. And I have this very vivid memory of, it was in sixth grade, I remember it's sixth grade, Mrs. Bonwell in Lincoln Elementary in Cedar Falls, Iowa. There, it was, a di- it was like, talking about sex and like how sex worked and everything. And like, it had like a diagram of the penis and then it became erect. And then it said something like, and then at the height of stimulation, the muscles contract. And it just like showed like an ejaculating, an animated ejaculating penis. And like <laughs> kids were like screaming at the TV, like stop. Like it was so fucking funny. Uh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, like, but that seemed normal to me. Like, it's obvi- like obviously kids in sixth grade are already fucking jacking off, so they want it. Yeah, good to know. Like, I don't know. This you is, should have the facts. It, it's it's actually normal for your dick to do that. You're not sick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and look, there are kids who are also gay and trans. So 
it, I think it would help them to be aware of those concepts in, you know, fifth grade. It's not harming them. You're not going to trick them into becoming trans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, Says like, you. Also, like, uh, good teachers, of which there are many, are going to teach this stuff regardless. I know there's a whole bunch of stuff about, like, f- penalties for if they do, but, like, good teachers are going to do that. I'm just thinking about, like, honestly, I think my sex education was actually pretty good, and, like, I f- just remember my teacher in middle school was like an ardent feminist and you could like definitely tell even at that age and like she would have definitely taught around this law yeah yeah you know that's something i've been thinking about with this because you know oliver brought up the absolute failures of the iowa democratic party and how this is just gonna keep happening because we can't really vote hard enough to to stop these people they had they've pretty much captured our state government. <laughs> so like, we just kind of have to break the law a lot. Like that's, that's the answer to this It's just like, if this becomes yeah. law, you just have to civil disobedience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is easy for me to say, cause I'm not, you know, a public school teacher, but like hats off to those who are going to break this law. Right. Yeah, definitely. And it, and also it begs a question, you know, how is this bill going to even be enforced? Is it just going to be crazy conservative parents who little Timmy comes home and says like, mom, what's trans? And then like (laughs) they freak out and like call the school board or whatever, um, or the police or however the fuck this works. Um, and and you can't stop the kids from telling each other about this stuff because they have older siblings. Some of them are going to have cool parents and they're going to know this stuff and tell each other. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think it would be very hard to not only, you know, enforce, but to prove, um, in a lot of cases. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely something where people are just going to have to take, take a stand and break the law. If you have a trans kid in your class, you're going to play dumb and you're not going to tell their parents unless they want you to, you know, like that's, that's a law where it says, yeah, that's, yeah, that's one of them that is that made it through funnel week correct Mm, it is yeah it's that is also part of uh the big uh education bill senate file 496 and it's uh in house file 180 it it makes it a legal requirement for uh school officials to report any students who have come out at school they need to then report that to that student's parents and we can thank uh, representative skylar wheeler for that one as well dude that dude (laughs) <laughs> I looked at his image like that dude is a fucking he's a husk of a human being. If you look at that dude's <laughs> eyes like Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's how, how are you going to prove that this teacher knew about it? You know, like if a teacher like this, again, this is easy for me to say because I'm not a public school teacher. But in instantly my mind, if I had a kid who came out as trans at school, I would just play dumb. You know, if someone came and asked me about it, yeah. you know, um, yeah. and I think teachers are going to have to get creative about you know how they go about this because quite literally some children's lives are at stake when it comes to this stuff you know and it's very serious uh that you know these teachers need to take it seriously yeah if if their parents don't know about it they probably should not know about it yeah Yeah, that's probably a good reason i mean it's just like the reason 
they're not not telling the parents because they're trying to indoctrinate the kids into being trans. They're not telling the parents because the parents are probably like these people passing legislation and they're going to fucking be fucking crazy like they are. It's <laughs> they're going to yeah. harm their own children yeah. one way or another. Yeah. Have you never kept a secret from your parents? Like, come yeah. on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Even if your parents are good and nice and not abusive, you know, you don't tell them everything. It's normal for a kid to, you know, have some stuff that they need to keep from their parents. Yeah. Even in much mm-hmm. less serious circumstances. I think all of, like Oliver yeah. said, like all of this stuff is like basically just designed to keep people in the closet. <laughs> like, yeah. Like the psychological effects of the stuff, like we said, it's like yeah. such a stupid law that's like impossible to enforce. And like, it's just going to like put that like seed of doubt in people's minds that they, they yeah. can't be open about their sexuality or gender to create an op- oppressive atmosphere regardless of you know how they can enforce it you know the stigma is still there for trans people obviously but it's even just a little bit of the stigma receding you know even just a little bit of it these people just can't can't fucking handle you know that a good amount of people are actually just like, oh, you're trans, cool, and that's it. <laughs> right. People yeah. are like, why aren't you bullying this person? Why aren't you beating them up? You know, like it, that's just the <laughs> world that they live in. I mean, you had it was made very evident. You know, you had, um, I believe it was uh, who's the motherfucker with the tiny face, Charlie Kirk. Oh, yeah. Um, he he was talking about like a trans woman who is a surfer, you know, mm-hmm. and the surfing lady who got half eaten by a shark came out as transphobic, basically. Yes. I don't know if y'all have seen this. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I do that. recall yeah. that. The, the shark the, bite The soul lady. surfer girl was talking with Charlie Kirk, I think. And he was just like, you know, back, you know, like, if society weren't fucked up, we would handle this back as they did in the 50s, you know? Yes, I remember seeing that. And which is essentially just saying, we're going to kill these people. Lynching. You know, we're either going to, yeah, fiz- yeah. Lin- it's lynching, yeah. <laughs> shit like this just emboldens people like that you know these people I, I i honestly think that people like charlie kirk or michael knowles or candace owens or all these fucking people have really you know set a lot of the tone when it comes to how you talk about these people matt walsh too you know yep. they've set the tone about what's acceptable to say about these people and legislators have their finger on that pulse and they're like hmm yes this is creating a lot of buzz let's get brownie points from these people who watch these shows which in turn makes people like matt walsh and michael knowles being like okay i'm gonna try openly advocating for genocide now you know it's yeah yeah it's just a vicious cycle yeah there was also that guy at cpac who said uh, we need to er eradicate transgenderism yeah that was michael knowles i think his name is right oh yeah yeah it was you're right Mm -hmm. but yeah like you said about the democrats not being good on these issues or not fighting back enough it's like again the same thing where they accept the terms of the argument as the republicans present it sort of thing and then there's all this shit like in the new york times and stuff coming out that's Mm -hmm. basically like promoting liberal skepticism of of trans issues and it's like again like the argument is completely framed from the idea that it's like an aberration that needs to be like stopped. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's uh, definitely 
some people, some quote unquote left leaning people and liberals have not been good on their solidarity, their practices and solidarity with trans people. And I think conservatives kind of like, like sharks can smell that blood in the water yeah, and then they pounce on it because they know that there's not that united front, you know? And then I think, you know, it doesn't help that someone who is prop was propped up by a lot of like, you know, old school feminists like JK Rowling is like the turf, you know, like she, that's like her job now to be, (laughs) she's done with Harry Potter now she just makes royalties off that, but her full-time job now is to be a transphobe. And people are like, yeah. oh, that's the fem- a feminist lady, a single mom, mm-hmm. everybody, you know, like, and so I think that really normalized transphobia a lot and conservatives really gripped onto that. And um, yeah, it sucks ass. Yeah. And they're presenting like that that's like her only thing now. It's, it's like the same thing yeah. where like p- people get like, she got pushed back on Twitter and then that became like just a feedback loop of her like defending herself and like obviously she was a bigot to begin with but like it's just like you just can't let it go because you're like constantly having to like fight these arguments on like the worst possible venue for an argument (laughs) yeah it's yeah not good yeah she strikes me as someone who just cannot take an l and would you know like What's his? What's the that fucker's name? Graham Lineham or something? Yeah, Linehan. Graham Lineham, um, the uh, IT yeah, crowd Lineham. guy. Yeah, yeah. Great, he I was a great TV show. writer at one point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Barring that one insanely crazy transphobic episode, that in hindsight you're like, oh, when you watch it. Um, that that was but, like the uh, beginnings of his his descent was when people pushed back about that episode. Mm, interesting, but yeah, no, it became like his whole personality and it like destroyed his life. Like he got divorced, like, you know, like so many like organizations dropped him and it's crazy how transphobia has, it's like this weird thing that just like gets a hold of people and makes it their entire personality. It's an extremely strange phenomenon. Yeah. And then, like I said, with the, they're just people. It's not a big deal. Yeah, what the New York Times saying yeah. is like they're promoting like the most like possible edge cases where it's like fourteen year old on puberty blockers having sex reassignment surgery. Like they're choosing like the most absurd, not even absurd. I'm not going to say that, but they're choosing like right. the examples that are going to shock people the most, and then using that to say that it's like representative of like trans communities as a whole. Right. That's why they're yes. passing like that first bill we talked about, like banning surgeries for for minors when it's like that is almost not happening at all. Mm-hmm. And if it is, it's like yeah. fucking months of like meetings and like, I don't know, man, have you ever tried to access medical care in this country? <laughs> <laughs> like, Yeah. I mean, the hoops you already have to jump through, you know, and the barriers that are already there, you know, they these people aren't necessarily the brightest that buy into this crap. So they think that, you know, like a 10 year old can just walk into, you know, (laughs) UIHC and just like, be like, you know what? Like I need bottom surgery. And they're like, come to the bottom surgery factory that we have right here, you know? And they got toddlers just walking in there. Like I'm a girl. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) Then they throw them on the conveyor belt. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's just, I I mean, it's so obvious not the case it's hard for me to think many people actually believe it 
rather than using these scary talking points just to try to vindicate their bigotry to yep. other people or even yep. to themselves. Yeah, because if they're if they're putting forward a bill like this, that must mean that it's a serious concern that we should all be aware of, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also brought brought out a, another bathroom bill because I I thought that you know <laughs> that wasn't discussed enough like <laughs> eight, eight years ago or whatever. I thought we were over yeah. that one, but uh, like I'm surprised litter boxes wasn't fucking brought up, you know? <laughs> yeah, in this legislative but... session. <laughs> uh, that's uh. House Study Bill 208, Senate File 482. Uh, those are... Steve Holt was responsible for the House version of that one. Ken Rosenboom for the Senate one. They specified here that Senate File 482 goes further than your average bathroom bill. It would require public and non-public schools to allow only people of the same biological sex in restrooms and changing areas. Uh, the parents of a transgender student would need to provide written consent for them to use other accommodations, like a single occupancy bathroom. A so citizen a bathroom. may complain to the attorney general if the person believes a school is in violation. So they're encouraging people to snitch because a student used a single occupancy bathroom <laughs> without special, express written permission. <laughs> a special accommodation that can be found in every home in the United States. Dude, I don't know about I don't know about y'all, but when I'm like at a gas station and there's like a men's and women's single stall restroom, like yeah. <laughs> in the men, like I'm a man and like the men's one is like someone's pooping in there and I gotta poop, like I'm going in the women's bathroom, yeah. you know, like, like the Casey's by it, your house is like that. Yes, exactly, yeah. it is like that. Um, <laughs> quit doxing me, Justin. God. Sorry, <laughs> that's fine. No, everybody knows where I live. It's insane. Also, you know, like you can do like extensive digging and find it just like virtually nothing on any problems that trans people have caused in a bathroom. Yeah. You know, yeah. it is, it is a made up problem. And, you know, these people are just, you know, drumming up wild made up scenarios to that come out of their childish, like nightmares about these people that they just don't understand. Yeah. You know, it's. And anything bad that goes on in a bathroom is like already illegal. <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> yeah i mean this is old news but uh i'm I'm sure everyone knows that a, a trans person is far far more likely to be the victim of a crime than the perpetrator of a crime yeah and, and these bathroom bills are trying to make you think the opposite yeah i mean i think we would be remiss not to talk about the fact that trans people are so disproportionately targeted in violent crime you know of all kinds you know especially like black trans women you know it's like the statistics are insane about how disproportionately they are you know victimized in that way and it's it's just i don't know like it's just so foreign to me how someone can see these people that have already just been put through the fucking ringer of society and have had to endure so much just by being who they are you know like gender dysphoria is not you know in, in of itself it's not enjoyable you know it is very hard you know to deal with and people are just like i think we should make it 20 times harder you know it doesn't it doesn't compute to me it's Um, very cruel yeah Mm -hmm. the it it's just cruelty that's all it is and like all throughout history you know like when it came to like hysteria over 
black men dating our young white girls it's always there's always the excuse of well they're coming after our children you know it's the children are like the scapegoat or not the scapegoat but the, the children are this um made up target to them because everybody is like yeah we should protect children children are young and innocent and so if you tell a normal person like this person's trying to be sexually weird in front of your kid you're going to be like yeah that's bad you know and that's just like the talking point that they're going for when it's actually just trans people trying to exist in an area (laughs) yeah um it's easy to to whip people into a frenzy when you make them believe that their children are under attack yeah exactly it's Um, a tactic mm -hmm. there was a silver lining to funnel week um and that is that a lot of bills did not make it through Funnel Week. For example, uh, their attempts at uh, re-banning gay marriage uh, failed. Did not make it through Funnel <laughs> Week. Th- this is like... Th- uh, there was House File 508, but then there was also a House Joint Resolution 8, which would have been an amendment to the state constitution defining marriage as uh, the union between one male and one female. And this would like supersede federal law. I, I think maybe the point of those bills was to be like, if it passes, then, you know, we'll take it to the ultra conservative Supreme Court and then that will overturn gay right. marriage yeah. that yeah. way, you know. Um, but yeah, the wording in those that bill is crazy. Like not only the one biological male and one biological female, it's weird, but also it says in accordance with nature and nature's God. Yeah. Enshrining that into a law that we all have to, you know, obey. (laughs) Like that's fucking insane. Like there are many people who live in the state of Iowa who actually are not under the command of uh, nature's God. (laughs) I I like to think of nature as everything. So like every, you know, like all of this is natural because it's, here <laughs> so um <laughs> yeah for sure so uh, it doesn't make much sense to me but yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's chernobyl totally 100 yeah, natural, 100% natural. That <laughs> that's right nature taking its course yeah that's right <laughs> yeah humans are nature things humans do are natural yeah. um yeah yeah i think it's just like red meat I, I i mean that's like one where you're like if they really are thinking about the electoral possibilities then like it would be in their best interest to like shelve that one. <laughs> but, um, cause yeah, I mean, that one got a lot of, I mean, people who might not have even been that invested in protecting trans people got perked up some ears on that one. So yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, cause I think it's a conservative play too. you know, they're just kind of like, Oh yeah, we're all hating trans people. Cool. I'm going to use this to attack the entire career community yeah but i'm gonna pretend i'm only doing it to trans people and this was just kind of a mask off moment for that yeah which is why it's crazy that you have like in the uk like the lgb alliance or whatever like these right like queer organizations that are trying to save face with conservatives and cede ground to them um yeah because they're like no we're the the good ones yeah you know (laughs) ridiculous yeah we're, we're the good ones and it's just like these people are still going to kill you if they get what they want you know it's yeah um it, i think they yeah, might just hate trans people like you any better yeah i mean 
I don't know. Yeah. That stuff you said about solidarity earlier, that's very important. <laughs> For sure. That's our mm. number one principle on this podcast. Yeah, like it's, to me, it's a no-brainer that, oh yeah, these people who just want to exist on this hell earth, like, why, like, just because a bunch of people are attacking them right now, like, why would you not say anything? Why would you try to cede any ground to these freaks that are trying to go after them? You know, it's right. It's more of a the reason, opposite, actually. Yeah, more of a reason to defend them than anything. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. It's either bigotry or cowardice for those people, and either way, it's fucked up. Yeah. There is one bill that uh, I think you guys will agree with me. I'm actually very upset that this one did not make it through Funnel Week. Uh, Iowans will not be able to purchase license plates <laughs> depicting the Gadsden flag, a coiled rattlesnake above the words, don't tread on me, after a bill <laughs> to create a new custom license plate failed to pass a committee in the Iowa Senate. Uh, Senator Amy Sinclair tried to get us our Gadsden license plates, and uh, the fucking legislature just did not take up the opportunity of a lifetime there. Damn. Fucking feds. I'm going to have to customize my regular license plate. I'm just going to draw on it with a marker. <laughs> Make my own Gadsden <laughs> <Yeah>. license plate. <laughs> Make your own n- no step on snake <laughs> leg. The squiggles. Well, like I said earlier, anyone who's interested in in following more closely what's going on with this stuff should check out the oneiowaaction.org website. Keenan Crow has uh, put together a, a an extensive list of all of the uh, legislative attempts to attack all kinds of cool people. There's also the uh, library, school library thing, which is literally if... It says any school library books that are successfully challenged and removed from the shelves by one school district would be placed on a statewide list requiring parental approval uh, to check them out, which is like obviously fucking insane. Yeah. How do we have the resources for that? (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that like it's I mean, obviously, like you can call them hypocrites all you want. Doesn't doesn't fucking matter. But again, like completely at odds with like the local control over. Uh, you know, local things that conservatives love to talk about. But no, one school district bans a book, and then all of them have to ban the book. It's like, what? what is this? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, uh, do you guys want to listen to a couple voicemails? Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, Oliver, again, uh, has been the uh, the caller before, and now he gets to field the calls for once. Let's go. Yeah, new experience for you. Uh, this first one here is from uh, frequent caller Trab Nipper. So we get to hear from, from that family again. Hell yeah. Pizza Ranch, are you kidding me? They are demonic <laughs> crazy. Not to mention that Jethro's in Coralville is transgender. Tell you what, oh. one fire grant and I'll do you a little favor. My wife, Chortney, and her best friend, David Samuel Wrestlinghouse, own a San Francisco memorabilia shop in Dubuque where they live together in a beautiful German house and they can hook you up with free cable car rides up the really steep hill that I fell down and smashed all of my bones into powder which is why I can't even speak anymore these days you know you all have a lot to learn about business if you learn more about business you'd be happy to be conservatives and also Rob Sand is from the Democrat party you dumb dumbs he doesn't he hates Republicans <laughs> Thank you, Trab. Uh, he offered us a deal, a deal there. I don't know if you caught that, Evan. 
I believe if we unfire his brother Grant from the Rock Hard Cafe, his wife and her boyfriend will give us free cable car rides in Dubuque. Free cable car rides. What do you think? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm down. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna have to like put him on like cautionary probation, or you know, like he's gonna be on like a warning period. So like, yeah, if he acts up again, then you know, we're gonna retract his employment offer. But yeah, I think we can do that. Dubuque yeah. is one of the prettiest places in Iowa. I was Just gonna say that cable too. car it ride is, would be pretty pretty dope. It is very beautiful. All right, so uh, Trav, if you want to let Grant know, uh, he is back on the uh, the shift list at the Rock Hard Cafe, and he needs to be in tomorrow by seven. Let him know. Thank you. Uh, we got one more voicemail here. This is from Clara. I thought that was loud. <laughs> Hi, this is Clara. Um, big fan. Uh, not really creative with this, but y'all are like make me kind of, like, hopeful for this state, even though they are potentially trying to make my existence illegal. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, thank you for being awesome and, and, and trans rights. And, um, I'm not very creative with this, but, uh, I just recruited a furry in Watch Dogs 3. (laughs) (laughs) that's cool i didn't know there were furries in Watch Dogs 3 (laughs) damn she's gonna say she recruited a furry to listen to our show (laughs) yeah furries are welcome if you want furries are welcome as well absolutely welcome (laughs) um or sorry maybe i shouldn't say it's welcome because i'm you know i'm just a guest on the show i don't want (laughs) to no 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 solidarity includes furries (laughs) i mean I think Clara has a good, you know, like about, you know, being hopeful that there are good people in Iowa and that Iowa's actually worth, you know, sticking around to fight, you know. I mean, yeah. I like I'm not the one I'm not a trans person being attacked, so I don't judge what any of them do or where they need to go to be safe or whatever. Right. But I'm, right yeah. They're they're these fuckers are not going to get me to leave this state. Like I will stay here until they shoot me in the back of the head. You know, <laughs> nothing <laughs> these dumb at like I will always be here and i think that a lot of times people just kind of abandon red states and abandon the people who live there to just be surrounded by fuckheads and with no community you know and i think it's worth yeah trying to you know fight the fight wherever you are and not let these people you know intimidate you into leaving your home you know uh yeah yeah 100 percent yeah, absolutely. That's that's an important theme I think of of our show is that, you know, it kind of yeah. sucks to live here sometimes, but uh we do live here. <laughs> yeah, well, mm-hmm. like I'm cynical about politics, but like not cynical about human nature, you know? Like I think most people want to do good and they don't want to hurt other people. And uh it's just we have all of these conflicting um material needs. Um well, some people have uh, more access to materials than others, but <laughs> you know what I mean. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's just, I, I think that, you know, there are trans people everywhere. There's, you know, oppressed people everywhere. There's, you know, workers everywhere who need to be organized and that type of thing. So it's, um, yeah, I, I, I really hate it 
when people have the attitude of like, oh, well, these people voted red, so they deserve whatever's happening. Yeah, they deserve the floods and tornadoes and God's yeah. judgment. <laughs> yeah. You know, like they like the people of East Palestine, like, hmm, they voted for Republicans, yeah. so it's their mm-hmm. fault. You know, I hate that shit. Yeah. You know, it's it, <laughs> the, the train derailment was not a big deal at all. And also they deserved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, yeah. I, I, you know, I just, I just want to bring back, you know, the, the old tradition of the old tradition of Southern and Midwestern labor organizing cop hating communists, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, that used to be a thing and many places it still is, but you know, we just need to, just need to bring that back a little bit. Yeah. Well, thank you for calling Clara. And I'm glad that our podcast can give you some, some hope. And uh, just a reminder that there are people like you all over the state and we all do care about each other the best we can. And, uh, you know, we'll defend each other against all this horse shit that we've been talking about for an hour. Uh, yes. Iowa trans mutual aid fund. Yes. Good. Thank you for bringing that up. Yep. I wanted to make sure that we mentioned that. Yep. yep. I just set up a recurring donation. I recommend that you do the same. And if you out there listening would like to call us and say whatever you like, uh, most people are usually nice to us, but it's it's fun when people are mean to us too. So if you want to yell at us, that'd be great. Uh, the number is 319-849-8733. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, yeah, so that, that about wraps things up, I think. Um, Oliver, I know that you have... Uh, at least two tours coming up if you would like to let people know about that stuff oh yeah um i play music around iowa city playing a couple bands i play in kind of like a punky black metal band called dryad I play drums in that band and we just put out an album called the abyssal plane and yeah. we're doing a tour doing a tour in april like seven days down south um i also do vocals in a and play guitar and kind of like a a punky band, like a pop punk band, pop good pop punk. I swear, you know. <laughs> I love them. I think <laughs> yeah. they're my favorite band in Iowa City right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're later this month. We're doing kind of like eleven days out to the East Coast and back. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, that, um, that band's called Death Kill Overdrive. Oh yeah, that band's called Death Kill Overdrive. <laughs> we were going after a. We wanted a band name that sounded like five finger death punch <laughs> yeah. but not five finger death punch you know um so yeah we came up with death kill overdrive so yeah for sure yeah go check out oliver's bands uh whenever they're near you he has he has a good <laughs> approved taste. by pitchfork even yeah that's right dryad was in pitchfork I saw yeah. that <laughs> yeah that was really funny that <laughs> it, we had no idea that it was gonna happen until the person just emailed us and said hey i'm gonna like release a review of you and we were just like oh god like they're gonna fucking destroy us but they gave us like (laughs) i don't know like a 7.4 or something which was like apparently if you're between seven and eight on pitchfork that means it's a really good album so i was very (laughs) honored (laughs) congrats yeah thank you i'll also plug one more thing um we recently had a fundraiser show here in iowa city and raised a good amount of money for the atlanta solidarity fund Mm mm-hmm the Atlanta Solidarity Fund is uh, an organization in Atlanta, obviously, and currently they're providing legal defense and bail funds and jail support for people that are being arrested um, for resisting the proposed 
police training center, um, one of the nation's largest police training centers that they're going to cut down uh, at least 80 acres of forest to build. And it's self-described as an urban warfare training facility where they have, uh, they build like a, you know, they propose like a mock city in there where they can practice urban warfare and everything. Yeah, Atlanta's got the biggest forest, the biggest urban forest in the country. And they're, uh, you know, trying to knock a bunch of it down. And there's been... In order to practice doing a war on the citizenry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And no one, like... I think the last poll was like 70% of Atlanta, at least 70% of Atlanta residents are just like, absolutely the fuck not. You know, this is so yeah. stupid. And, you know, it's uh, especially in the wake of 2020 and everything. And the protesters that are being um, arrested, they are all being blanket charged with domestic terrorism, amongst other things. And this is the same domestic terrorism law that, was introduced after the Dylan Rahuf massacre in Georgia, um, which is now being used against in people who were sitting in trees, you know, (laughs) (laughs) who were hanging out in tree houses, just being like, Nope, you can't cut down this tree. Apparently they're as bad as Dylan Rahuf in the eyes of these people. Um, And so Atlanta solidarity fund, um, you know, they, this movement's been very successful, but there's going to be a lot, years probably of legal defense for these people so any money that you can spare for that too 100 percent. yeah yeah definitely i saw yeah people getting arrested today for that yeah yep it's fucked up if you happen to be listening to this from the east coast uh my band wombat's gonna play a couple dates coming up here uh march 16th at red room in baltimore uh I've, i found out that red room is the name of a strip club in baltimore and we're not playing there. We're playing at the Red Room that's in a bookstore. So don't go oh, to the other one. Oh, man. <laughs> I, think you just lame. I think you just lost some, uh, some yeah. audience members. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to tell the truth. Um, March 17th, we'll be at Rhizome in Washington, D.C. And uh, March 19th, we'll be at Studio 34 in Philadelphia. That is a, oh, wow. That's a yoga studio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell yeah. That should be fun. Yeah, it will. I've never been to any of those cities, so I'm looking forward to it. DC sucks ass. I've heard. But yeah. go. You have I've really never had anything positive there, about DC. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm forever salty at DC. <laughs> I've been arrested there before. It sucked yeah. ass. Um, <laughs> when you're in DC, go to a restaurant called New Vegan. N U Vegan. It's like cafeteria style vegan food, and it's so fucking good. It's like black owned soul food. It's so good. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll try. Yeah. It try to find that (laughs) (laughs) and then uh closer to home i'll be playing uh for mission creek on april 8th my band bc jays peas uh it's it's me and my friend brian pankrat will be playing uh we'll be playing at riverside theater april 8th and to close out the show i wanted to play a death kill overdrive song uh oliver which song should i play (laughs) um i don't know one you like okay well let me look at the list <laughs> i don't know like uh there's the ska song that i wrote about my cat there's the song about how looting is cool yeah i do like um, that one what was the name of that song again zero dollars and zero cents yeah zero dollars and zero cents yeah let's do that one i think it's thematically appropriate it's uh okay yeah word it's in, in a an approval of breaking the law so yeah enjoy mm-hmm. this this song everybody 
and go check out death kill overdrive when they're on tour and buy their album and stuff like i said my, probably my favorite band in iowa city right now okay bye okay bye <laughs> bye everybody <laughs>